and welcome back to the Keeping It Together podcast. I'm Sabrina. And I'm Alyssa, and welcome to episode 43. 43. 43 kind of sort of weeks <laughs> between all of our random hiatus weeks. Date-wise, it's almost been a year since we started this. Date-wise, it'll be a month. In one month, it'll be exactly a year when we decided to to do this thing. Did, didn't we decide to create the podcast on Cinco de Mayo? We did. Is that the, the At a very, 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 very boozy brunch. And when we say very, we mean very. Very, where they just, as soon as your drink is empty, they're already pouring your cup with another one. That and that's how the podcast day. was started, because we were trying to keep it together. True. And yeah. I kept it together. You did keep it together. You I, did however, did not. <laughs> it's all right. <laughs> it was a rough day. The roles have been reversed before, so. We've all been there. All we've all been there. there. But on that note, you guys, we mentioned it on our story earlier this week. We have talked about it on here a ton of times. The live show, we are so, so excited that we have finally worked out some details to share with you guys. Can I get a drum roll, please? The date of the live show is July 27th. Woo! July 27th. You can check us out live and in person for our very first live show. I've It's been a long time since I've done a live show. You've never done a live show, Sabrina. I've never done a live show. You can see us hot in action. Doing I'm, our thing. I'm very excited. Um, if you're out there listening to this and you actually want to come to it, please come. We'd love to have people... Yes. From all over. We will have links in our bio. We'll be sharing different links via social media so you can RSVP to this event mm-hmm. and to make sure your spot is secured. Yes. And we want to we wanna let you guys know now that way you have enough time to figure out your travel, figure out where you're staying. If anybody wants to come out of state and see us too, that's always great. Yes. Yes. We have a spare bedroom. We do. We do. We I have mean, a guest room. There's a lot of stuff in it, but maybe by July. <laughs> maybe by July it'll finally be figured out. So our like our extra room is actually like our storage room. So one of our, our other roommates, she has her desk in there, and that's where she'll go and she'll work and she'll do makeup and stuff. And there but will then soon on the, be a day bed. The other half of the room where a day bed should be, there's a bunch of boxes, and I have a big hamper of clothes that I've yet to donate. You've never gone through it. No, I those are clothes I've gone through. I've never through, gone through it. I went through them before I moved. See, you see what you could see if you come to our live show, us bantering <laughs> and bitching at each other. So please come July 27th. Mark it in your calendars. We will be live in the Greenwich Village, and we'll be sharing more details on exactly where the space is, how you can get tickets to the show, and all the other exciting details. We will be having guests come on the show. We will have sponsors there. There will be food. And, of course, because of who we are, there will be a bar. Don't you worry. (laughs) We got everything covered for you. Mark it down. Live show. Here we go. (laughs) Your dance moves, I cannot. Just did people a are gonna, shimmy. People are going to see it and be like, who is she? People are going to, people who have never met me, who have only listened to my voice, they're going to see like the full effect. Because we, we talk a lot with our hands in here. I talk and you so can't much see it. with my hands. Can't see it. I am just a lot to handle. Like I am just, there's a lot going on here. We know there's a lot going on. <laughs> I've seen you. You've seen me. We live together now. It's true. Uh, but today, uh, on the day that we're recording, it is Sunday, is a very special day for you and what we're dedicating this week's episode to. Uh, today, Sabrina is 19 years cancer-free. Woohoo! Woohoo! I'm here. She here. She living. They told her no, but she said, watch me. Watch me. Watch me now. I'm a survivor. <laughs> Where's I'm the- not gonna give up. I'm just kidding. A survivor. Keep on surviving. I think that song was actually... 
Back in 2000. That was that was 2000. Okay, hell yeah. That, that was April the year. 7, 2000. Exactly. The year of the millennium. Destiny's Child, they knew. They knew you were going to survive and beat it. This is the day that your tumor was taken out. Yes. Uh, I did talk to your mom about it because I wanted to. Aw. So today we're going to be sharing your story, your journey, what it was like, what it, how you've progressed and, and kind of how you've gotten here. We're going to do it interview style. That's why I'm sitting across from you today. No, no to one can see. You get to look me in the ass. You can see soon because we have videos and we will post them. It's just a lot of us just <laughs> grooving around. Random like, dance moves. It's either us moving or sometimes when one person is talking, we, we'll, we'll zone out. We'll just like stare at a wall. And I'll stare into space and be like, she's going and I'm going <laughs> to let her go on this rant. And that's what today is going to be. We we both do it. It's okay. So let's kind of start off with some basics. Um. When were you diagnosed and, and what were you diagnosed with? So I was diagnosed, the timeline is a little bit, it's a little bit sketchy, but from what, from the main date that we, that we just keep, I was diagnosed actually on my mom's birthday. Oh, wow. December 1st, 1999. I believe that was either, um, oh God, that was either when I went, no, that was not when I went to the emergency room. Okay. So I believe it was December 1st. Mm-hmm. And what did they, how how did it happen? Because, you know, it's not one of those things like, so, surprise, you have cancer. Like, usually there's yeah. a trend of events that ultimately lead to the prognosis. So what was, uh, so what I didn't was leading really, up to it? I didn't really have any type of warning signs. I mean, if we look back at photos that October for Halloween, I did look very pale and very sickly. But at the time... You know, nothing else seemed to be wrong, so I don't. I don't think my parents really noticed. Right. Well, Ohio winter, mm-hmm. or in that case, fall. It's fall. normal to look a little paler. We're all pale in Ohio. We all unless pasty. you're in a tanning bed. It's true, mm. y'all. Um, but yeah, I remember it was. It was the weekend after Thanksgiving, um, and I remember I had just this awful stomach ache, just this terrible stomach ache. My mom said that I was being. Just very unruly at preschool that same day. Mm-hmm. Um, so she brought me home, which, fun fact, never finished preschool. Wow. I'm a preschool dropout, Preschool y'all. dropout. Um, but yeah, and I even, this was 19 years ago. And if I close my eyes and I really remember, I can remember this pain. I remember I was lying on the couch and I was crying. And so my mom, she took me to the emergency room. At the emergency room, they ran tests Um they actually thought that I was constipated. Oh, my God. So they were checking to see if I was constipated, running all these kinds of tests. And they were like, mm, I don't think this is it. So they finally took a scan. And they found a very large, like, softball-sized mass. That's It massive. was very big. Softball is large. Mm-hmm. And imagine, I was just a little four-year-old kid. So just how big it was inside my body. Oh my um, so from there, I was very fortunate that at the time, there was a children's hospital, like, 20 minutes away from my house. Uh, mm-hmm. Since then, they've moved that children's hospital to about an hour away. So very close to home I got to be. Um, but That's very lucky. There's yeah. not a lot of people that have a children's hospital mm-hmm. in their area. So I went to the children's hospital, and they ran they ran some more tests. And at first, I was diagnosed with neuroblastoma. Wow. Yeah. Um, and so they actually started to treat me for that and everything. Um, they ended up sending out my test results to California. And a hospital in California discovered that, hey, you, this is wrong. They were wrong. They were wrong. They um, gave you the wrong diagnosis. The wrong diagnosis. Um, they started treating me for that diagnosis, too, and everything, which is wild. 
Um, and the results came back from California, and they were like, no, she has a Wilms tumor, and this tumor is stage four. So you never told me that was a stage four before. I've talked about it plenty of times that it was stage four. Wow. This like, <laughs> Have you just like blocked it out? Maybe that I bl- I blocked that out. Yeah, That's no. a lot. They found it. They found it stage four, um, which is what makes the experience all the crazier. Mm-hmm. Just how it was found. Because you have to about. act quickly, I assume. Yeah. So, I mean, they acted quickly. Uh, radiation therapy to try and shrink the tumor because the tumor was wrapped around my aorta artery that went down there. <sighs> so, if they would have tried to cut it out, uh, I would have, like, bled out. Um, yeah. And also, too, what was even wilder is that I was born with three kidneys. Oh, my God. So the tumor was on the third kidney. Um, so, but I mean, that third kidney, it was done. That tumor destroyed that it. That tumor killed Let's it. Let's be real. Um, so, yeah, they uh, they gave me radiation therapies for a while. I remember I spent a lot of time in the hospital. I was very lucky, though. I did get to come home for Christmas. Okay, there is a picture good. of me at home for Christmas. I remember watching home videos of me. So I was able to do that. Um but, yeah, while I don't remember everything of my time in the hospital, I do remember bits and pieces, like mm-hmm. really big bits and pieces. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when it came around to April, um, they took the tumor out, took the kidney out with it. Yeah, I, 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 I imagine. Have, I have two kidneys, though, so that's cool. Didn't, didn't really lose anything that's there. Um, Lost one you didn't need. Yeah, exactly. And on April 7, 2000, they told me that I was cancer-free. And then from there, I oh, just went through. Yeah. From there, I would just go back every week. Uh, then it became every month, then every three months, then every six months, then mm-hmm. every year. For how uh, long were you doing checkups for? I did checkups for a while. I believe also to these checkups. I remember I was still getting treatment as well, I believe. Interesting. You were getting yeah. chemo after. I mean, that kind of makes sense. Bear with me here because, like I said, I was only four it's at the time. It's been a long time. But I do, I do remember, you know, being home. And so having to go in for these appointments and they'd give me treatment because I remember I never threw up in my life Mm -hmm. until I started going through chemotherapy, Mm -hmm. um, which is what was very concerning. And I do remember a specific event where I was very sick from the treatment. Chemo is known to Mm -hmm. cause this. But I believe... In anybody. Yes. And I believe believe the event happened after I was, you know, home from the hospital and everything. So on April 7, 2000, when they took the tumor out, they announced me cancer-free because... Right. Tumor was gone. Still went through treatment. Um, that makes sense in case there was anything they didn't catch to yeah. kill off whatever else is there, if anything else is there. Yeah. So that's that's how they found it. That's the crazy roller coaster of that. that. And that's quick too. And and it's very good that it all happened so quickly and it was taken mm-hmm. care of so quickly. There's others that I think maybe are not that lucky and that fortunate enough. And thankfully, you had a hospital who mm-hmm. was close by. Great doctors that took care of this so quickly yeah they were there were a lot of close calls when you really sit down and think about it to where just one wrong move and i wouldn't have been here yeah um had you not had your mom not taken you out of preschool that day and not thought to take you to the emergency room who knows where life could be now you know or not be or not be that's, that's even, very bleak that's very bleak but, but it's, it's true <laughs> it's very true when it comes to the nasty to me personally cancer is one of the nastiest diseases in the world mm-hmm. doesn't matter what form it is what stage is that is awful and i could never imagine going through it i've unfortunately lost loved ones to it i've known mm-hmm. others like you who have come out and survived it uh and kicked its ass cancer is 
a wild thing because it can be caused by numerous factors, either your genetics or yep. environmental factors or a combination of the both. Yeah. Like it, when you think about it, it really doesn't make sense that somebody who was only four years old, you know, got cancer. But I mean, it's genetics. Genetically. When you're that young. Genetically, I got the really shitty end of the stick. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's cancer on both sides of the family. Yeah. Um. So genetically, I was just very likely to get it and i got it and a lot of people don't attribute unfortunately cancer to genetics you mm-hmm. know there is the testing out there specifically for like breast cancer prostate cancer there are unfortunately cancers out there that we can identify as having a heavier presence with your genetics and there are thankfully tests out there that you can get done i mean unfortunately i'm we're at ages now where we start getting mammograms i've been getting mammograms now for 3 years to hopefully not um to hopefully God forbid I never want it, but if I were to have it at some point, it's one of those things in my genetics, in my family, mm-hmm. uh, that breast and ovarian cancer are within our genes. And I'm taking those tests out there now mm-hmm. while I'm young, so God forbid we find something, we can take care of it quickly. I think I think it's very important at this age for us to be just aware of our health because cancer is one of those things where it's not it, – it's obviously one of those things where you can do all the treatments, but – I mean, not all the treatments, just all the precautions, but if it's going to form, it's going to happen. Mm-hmm. In the best case scenario, catch it in time. I mean, me, yep. myself, um, I've had genetic testing for specifically breast cancer. Yep. Um, and through that experience, I found out that while I'm not likely before 30, mm-hmm. after 30, I found out that I have a very, very high chance of yeah. having it. So pretty soon, I'll probably start going to get my mammograms done and then mm-hmm. post 30 really be... Mammograms hurt. No I'm, one tells I'm you. I'm scared to get it's one. It's the most awkward pain in the world. They literally <laughs> take this machine and just smush your boob in there, and it's it's not comfortable. It's not like no. Yeah, I, I hate them. So we so we get the boob smashing. The guys the guys unfortunately mm. get the uncomfortable finger. Um, yep. But I mean, so I've I've had a loved one pass away from prostate cancer, fellas. I know it's very awkward, but just do it. Mm-hmm. Get it checked. Be be smart about this. It's yeah. going to be okay. It's just one second just to make sure that your health is in check. It's You just got to go do just, it. Take care of your body. Take care of yourself and get mm-hmm. checked, get tested. It's important. I've lost someone to ovarian cancer. My mom's mm-hmm. mom, um, my grandmother, I used to call her Nan. I lost Nan to ovarian um, and I've had my cousin had prostate cancer and he beat it he kicked cancer's That's ass um but he only he thankfully was getting tested for it because we knew after nan passed that there could be other genes in the family so it was like the year everybody went and got tested and that's when we found out who had what genetics based on this unfortunate <laughs> event yeah he kicked cancer's ass just like you kick cancer's ass so now that it's been 19 years since everything has happened how do you think it has shaped your life? Because it it did happen when you were really young. And like you said, there are bits and pieces you remember, bits and pieces you don't. Do you think it's something that you still carry with you every day? Um, Yes. Uh, being a cancer survivor has really shaped who I am, which is weird to say because people like to say, oh, I'm not defined by my illness. And it's like, in a way, my illness kind of defined me. Mm-hmm. It defined how I kind of take life and look at life and have done certain things in my life. How do you look at life now? Oh, man. So when I was younger, I did not understand, like, the gravity behind saying the words, I'm a cancer survivor. Right. I had no clue. You when were I, a kid. When I was younger, I thought cancer was, like, the chicken pox. I was like, I already had what? it. What? Yeah. Had was, it done. 
Cancer's definitely not like chicken pox. <laughs> Obviously. I was like five when I was saying this. All right. So anyways, I was like, oh, yeah, guys, had it once. Like, I'm good. Not going to get it again. No. Um, in recent years when I've done my own research behind treatment, stuff like that, it actually makes me a little bit more likely to get a different form of cancer. So while I know that the one that I specifically had, it's done, that one's not coming back, um, there's still a chance that I could get another form. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Yeah, I when mean, did you I, then find out like the severity of the word cancer? Because there had to have been maybe a few defining moments, or like at a point you were like, "Wow, this is a big deal." Man, it's really hard to tell because it's just more so been appreciation as I've gotten older, mm-hmm. and as I've witnessed other people who I've known go through cancer, mm-hmm. um, and just how scary it is to see somebody go through something like that, and yeah. When I've learned of people who have had, you know, stage four and they didn't make it and just those different things, I realized how, I guess, lucky I am and just how fortunate I am to just be here. Mm-hmm. Um, so being a cancer survivor has definitely caused me to have a, a very strong interest in health mm-hmm. and just how the body works. I think it's yeah. insane that your body can just fight against you like that. Like, yeah. Your body's a machine and cancer is like a virus, um, you know. So mm-hmm. uh, it's definitely shaped how I've looked at health. Um, it shapes as in, in this in more recent years, I've gotten this big appreciation of life. And I just think through other experiences that I've other experiences that I've had as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm like, OK, so these shitty things are happening to me, but. I almost didn't get to have these shitty things happen to me at all. Right. Um, it's kind of like that double-edged sword. Like, I, I hate that this is happening, but I'm also glad that this is yeah. happening because maybe there is a, uni- a form of the universe out there where this isn't happening to me and mm-hmm. I am gone. Like, the the past 19 years, you know, they weren't they weren't guaranteed perfect years. Um, I've had yeah, my we were talking f- about yes. this on the walk over. I've, I've had my fair share of heartache and pain and loss, but I've also had a lot of love and mm-hmm. laughter and friendship. And, um, when those good moments happen, I, I will, I will take a step back and I will just look at it and I'm like, oh my God, like I made it here. Yeah. Like this life that I have. Like this, this should not be mine, but it is mine. Yep. And, you know, sometimes I just look at my friends. Sometimes I just look at my family and I'm like, thank God I get to talk to you every day. Thank God I get to see you every day. Thank God I get to like do this life with you. Yeah. Um. Just so, so much appreciation for life in general and so much appreciation for all the good, all the bad, because I've learned from all the bad. Mm-hmm. Um. And then also too, being a cancer survivor has really shaped how, I go for things. Um, I I risk a little bit more than others would, as as we've seen, like with my move to New York and stuff like that. Yeah. When I take these big risks, it's a lot of the thought. The thought behind it is, all right, you almost didn't even get the opportunity to take this risk. So it's might as well you do it. You know, you might you, might, well do you might as well do it. The worst thing that's going to happen is you fail. But at least you got the opportunity to fail. Yeah, the worst thing that ever happens is it doesn't happen, and then mm-hmm. you figure out what the next move is. Mm-hmm. So, what are your thoughts on how the media um, appropriates cancer? I've talked to some. Pe- the reason I ask this is because there are people out there who say they don't like when there's movies or TV shows about illnesses. One of the largest, most highest-grossing shows on television is Grey's Anatomy. 
What are your thoughts? We'll take a step back. What are your thoughts on how the media appropriates cancer and how they can profit off of it? So what do you mean? Like how they just show cancer in TV shows and... Yeah. I mean, I guess because I was so young when I experienced all of this, Mm -hmm. um, I don't really have a strong opinion. Mm -hmm. I think that... Some media does a good job and some media doesn't. Some mm-hmm. movies, they kind of romanticize it. Like, for example, um, what is that one movie? Fault uh, Behind Our Stars? The the Fault in Our Stars. Fault in Our Stars. They really romanticize it. Um, but there are some that do really well at showing what it's like. Um, I very recently, and you watched it with me, watched the movie The Dirt about Motley Crue. Oh, my God, yes. And, I mean... I mean, it's it's historical fact that the lead singer, Vince, his daughter gets cancer. Mm-hmm. She specifically gets cancer in her stomach. Uh, so yep. watching that scene, I didn't even think it would, but it did trigger something in me. And wow. it was it was very hard to watch because in that moment, I got taken back. I was I was feeling everything that little girl was feeling. Um you know, she's she's crying in the hospital. She wants to go home. I saw, yeah. And uh, my parents will talk to me about it. And there were points where I, where I was crying. I wanted to go home. Doctors are trying to explain to me what's going on with me. And I don't understand because I'm only kid. four. Yeah. You know, like I didn't get it at all. And when I was watching that movie, like I really felt what that little girl was going through. And it's and they do a really good job of showing how painful it is on the family and the mm-hmm. parents and how hard it is for the parents to show a brave face and yeah. really comfort their child when they're they're just as fucking scared. Yeah, parents are supposed to have this role or they think they're supposed to have this role of we can have anything thrown at us and we're going to be here to protect mm-hmm. you. But when you get in that type of vulnerable moment, you see the people who are your role models and your parents all of a sudden break down like that. Yeah, when I, when I got diagnosed, my parents were only 32. They were, That's they were, young. They were very young very young only 32 um you know and at the time we did not have a lot of money Mm -hmm. um so my dad worked longer hours to help pay for treatments uh luckily we had family to watch my brother and my mom stayed in the hospital with me a lot like my mom is a fucking superhero let's put that in perspective my mom slept in grody hospital chairs i think at one point she was able to sleep in the bed with me because i was small enough um but like she wouldn't shower. Well, I mean, like I, I think she showered, but I don't think she showered as much. She would tell me at the during that time she got awful migraines, awful, awful migraines. Wow. That at well, one point stress. I believe she had to get a Botox shot. I believe it is. That's the thing. Yeah, migraines. Uh, something or cortisol can be, or so, something like that. Um, but yeah, I remember she said she had to get a shot. But my mom, my mom was there all the time, and if if she needed to leave, then I mean my my dad my dad would visit me of course, but my dad would stay with me if my mom needed to leave. But yeah. My mom was there like the whole time. I think a lot of the unsung heroes when it comes to cancer are the caretakers, Mm -hmm. right? Like, yes, the person going through it is giving up everything for their treatment and whatnot, but we do have to give it up for the ones who who are the caretakers. Mm -hmm. And this particular instance that your parents, they gave up everything that they were doing so they could save your life, you know? And that's a huge thing people don't realize about when somebody has an illness is there's normally from my experiences and experiences being a caretaker and 
seeing other people go through it are the caretakers also put a lot at risk with their life they help stop what they're doing and Mm -hmm. and do what they can to support you and when it's your parents it's the most humbling thing that they probably have ever done yeah i mean when it comes down to it i survived cancer but i didn't do it alone exactly my parents my parents were there with all their support i mean the whole army behind i wouldn't have done it without the doctors without the nurses there's a whole lot of other people behind my survivorship. You that, all kicked cancer. That ass. I that I I wouldn't be here without them. So yeah. I'm un, I'm unbelievably grateful for all the people who have been there along the way. Yeah. Do you think then, kind of going back on the whole media note more because I've been reading articles and I'm really intrigued about this. Do you think the media appropriates that portion of cancer as well, or do you think they only focus on the individual? I think they focus more on the individual, which, I mean, makes sense. When it, when it comes down to it, when somebody says, I had cancer, they just think of the person going mm-hmm. through it. Um, but like, like I said, I think there are some shows that do a really good job of focusing on the individual. And then there are others that don't. They romanticize it. They play it up. They, mm-hmm. they make it, I guess... I guess they try to make it lighthearted, which also isn't a terrible thing. But then also, yeah. too, I think it's so. like we also need to we also don't want to appropriate cancer where it's it's OK to see it in daily life. Right. It, it shouldn't, shouldn't be okay. it shouldn't be OK. I think I think that it's good that the media wants to put it out there so that people are more aware. But um, awareness is key. Awareness is key. But we don't want to keep throwing it in people's faces where it's like. Exactly. Where it's a regular thing because we don't we don't want it to be a regular thing. Right. It shouldn't be a regular thing. I mean, there's active research foundations out there raising money to hopefully one day find the cure to many cancers. And also too, um, some of these medical shows, uh just I was just thinking about I was just thinking about Grey's Anatomy House, things like that. They oh, also a big one. They it also over dramatize some of the things. So not not every cancer diagnosis is wild and crazy some of them are very small like for example skin cancer yeah is skin cancer from my dermatologist has told me that she goes that's the best cancer you could ever get and i said how can you say it like that and she was like well one if it's benign you can get it removed on the spot and then you're done and it's gone true it is one of the most easily treatable because it is on your skin you can get it removed and get skin grafts and get things done rather quickly than other forms of cancer true Depending depending on what stage you find it, though. Depending on what stage you find it, but it's very common to find skin cancer at an early stage. Yes, I mean I've 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 had a couple of my own close calls. I think back 2015 was the last time they took a mole off, and it, it was it was pre cancer. It's like mm-hmm. if I would have left it, yeah, it would have turned into something. So I had a mole removed, and it was one of the most painful experiences of my life, mainly because it was on a bone. Like it, the way it was positioned was on one of my my shins. Oh yeah. Oh painful painful thing but precancerous yeah so they took it out and it was done and that's what it was which fun fact if you're listening out there uh get yourself checked yes um if you have any peculiar moles what makes you a little bit more likely is if you're like fair-skinned white live in florida well (laughs) my own history of always being in the sun you get a lot of sun um you've had if you've had some really bad burns in your life especially get yourself checked oh yeah if you've had Um, those bad sunburns that have made you peel unnormally a lot uh or to the point where you couldn't walk or whatever talk move from mm -hmm. how bad a sunburn was get yourself checked and also watch watch your spots if your spots are not like really circular if they're they're oddly shaped. Um, if they become discolored, if they get darker, 
or if or if they change in any other way, you definitely want to go get yourself mm-hmm. checked out. I very recently got a body scan done. The dermatologist, they just come in. They have this special magnifying tool, mm-hmm. and they just look all over your body. Yes, you got to be naked for it. Yes, it's a little bit weird, but it's it's just a lot of pressure off of you to know that you went in, you got checked a doctor actually looked at your spots yep. and they told you whether or not something's going on. Exactly. People think uh, like dermatologists are mainly for acne or for like weird skin abrasions or stuff like that. People forget that this is a huge part of dermatology is getting your skin checked for cancer. Mm-hmm. We live in a day and age where being in the sun and getting a good tan or a good color is a very popular thing. But with that comes risks if you're not using sunscreen, if you are mm-hmm. using tanning oil. Tanning oil is one of the worst things you could ever do for yourself because it can help increase your chances of skin cancer because you're not protecting your skin. Even my dermatologist has told me my foundation that I wear my makeup should have an SPF in it, which, ladies, it should. It really should. Your face is always in the sun. Also, your face skin is so sensitive. Mm-hmm. I... I got a terrible burn on my face years ago where my skin was peeling. It was like scabby. It was terrible. It was my whole cheek. Oh, so bad. So bad. Moral of the story, have SPF in your foundation and get yourself checked. Get your skin checked. Mm -hmm. Find a dermatologist near you and take a look at them spots. Listen, guys, I know that we are mid, late 20s. Going into our or 30s, 30s or 40s or, or 40s 50s or 60s. Depending on how old you we are. We have a out wide listener range. I, yes, we do. Um, Hi, mom. Just get get yourself checked. Go to the doctor. Get these checkups. Um, you know, if if you have the insurance, if you can afford it, freaking go. Because to get yourself checked, you catch these things early, and then you don't run into issues where you have some crazy event and you find out, oh hey, by the way, you have stage four cancer. Like. Mm-hmm. I mean, but also, too, in in my situation, I don't really know if we could have really caught it any sooner than we did. So on that note, have you ever thought about your life without cancer? Have you ever thought about what if your life would have been like had you not had that tumor? Oh, man. Well. Or maybe not thought about it. Man, I guess I really haven't thought about it before. Because it's just it's just what I've grown up with. It's what I've always known. Yeah. I don't really remember a time before. The only thing that I know how my life would be different is my stomach. I would not have this scar. Um, for yeah. those of you that don't know me, if you've never seen me like in a bikini or something, um, I have a scar that goes right underneath my belly button and it goes out to my left hip. Um because I was so young when I got cut, um, it is kind of an indent mm-hmm. in my skin. It doesn't really lay flat. So because of that, uh, just the shape of my stomach is a little bit distorted. Mm-hmm. But it's all right. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have the scar there. I wouldn't have my two port scars. Um, so I have a, I have a, a scar in the center of my chest because for some odd reason they thought it'd be a smart idea to put a open port oh, in a four year old. No. Like oh my, my god, I'm crawling. My skin's crawling already. Yeah. So this this port where they would put my medicine in, um, it would keep sliding in and out. Like it was gross. Um, it sounds gross. Which I don't know why they did that in the first place. And then they were like, "All right, let's move it. Let's so, move it." They moved it. So they stitched it up and they moved oh. it to they they put a new port in right like right armpit area, mm-hmm. but like. Still chest, if yep. that makes sense. I know you're talking about that little crevice right there. Well, not the little crevice, but like right before the crevice. Ah, yes, yes, if, yes. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so they moved out there. So I wouldn't I wouldn't have my scars. 
Um, I feel like I wouldn't look at life the way that I do, obviously. Yeah. And I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't be so interested in health like I am. Maybe I would have taken a different career path with my life. Mm-hmm. Um, it really has shaped a lot of who you are without you thinking about it. Yeah. Because it has been such a huge part of your life. Yeah. If there's one thing uh, before we kind of go into our closers, uh, is if there's one message you could give to someone out there with cancer, what would you tell them? Oh man, this this is hard. And it's actually let's bring it back. If there was a child out there, a young child, four or five years old. Going through the cancer you had. Heavy. Heavy. I know. You weren't ready. I wasn't ready. She wasn't ready. Um, What would you tell that child? I would tell them, oh, man, this this is hard because you got to break this down for a kid. Mm -hmm. Um, I would say that you are a fighter. Stay strong. The chocolate milk sucks. (laughs) It, It sucks. But it's all right. It's only for a little bit. Um, it's it's scary, I know. But there are people here who are supporting you, and I believe in you. And everyone loves you, and we know that you're going to be okay. So you're you're not in this alone. We have you. And just give him a big hug. Wow. And just I hug him. Oh, man, I. Oh, that's hard. That's really hard now that I'm older and I just know the weight of everything that they're going through. And the fact that when you're talking to a kid, you you gotta you gotta keep it light. You cannot yeah. you can't be too heavy with them. You can't be too heavy. I but think- you you got but the main thing is that they're they're just scared. They don't understand and you gotta break it down in the terms where they understand and mm-hmm. you can make them not feel so scared. Mm-hmm. That's important. You people forget that you're still afraid whether you are a kid or an adult or teenager whatever and if you have this unfortunate disease there is that fear there people don't want to admit it because you want to believe you are a fighter and you are strong and you're going to kick this thing's ass but there's always that fear there and that's important to help eliminate that in any way shape or form or any way that's possible Mm mm-hmm Sorry, I drink a Diet Coke, and whenever I drink Diet Coke, I, like, burp. It's really gross, but I have to, like, keep moving away from the mic. <laughs> That's a great way to close it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think this is very important to share your story because there are a lot of other people out there who have been through what you've been through, mm-hmm. and I know it hasn't been easy, so thank you I don't, for talking about this. People don't really realize um, just... Cancer isn't just, you know, your diagnosis and your treatment. It follows you throughout your life. And I have had things happen to me in my life that are from Mm -hmm. the results of my cancer. For example, um, when I, so let's, let's flash it back here because of the cut in my stomach. Mm -hmm. I have a lot of scar tissue, a lot of scar tissue. And keep in mind that when I got the scar, I was very small Mm -hmm. and I grew. Yep. Um, Scars don't grow with you. Scars don't really grow with me. And the scar tissue also does not. Um, So that scar tissue has actually caused a lot of problems for me. Uh, My freshman year of college, I went out for a run one day. Mm -hmm. I came back. Oh, you told me the story. Yeah, I came back and I had terrible, terrible stomach pains. Terrible. Mm -hmm. And I kind of played it off at first because that past summer, I kept on getting stomach aches a lot when I went for runs. 
um, which I guess was foreshadowing in a way. Yeah. Um, the stomach pain did not get wor- did not get better. It got worse with time, and it was increasing. So how it felt? It felt like somebody was stabbing me in the stomach. They would like they would like painful. slowly drive the knife in, twist it a little bit, and then pull the knife out. Oh that's how it feels. My feel. skin is crawling because yes. I know what that feeling feels like. It's the worst thing it's in the world. It's so bad. And I tried to, I couldn't sleep. That's how bad the pain was. Like, I wanted to fall asleep and wake up in the morning and not have any bad pain. Mm-hmm. But that was not the case. Um, I had this pain from like three o'clock in the afternoon to like one in the morning. Wow. Um, at one in the morning, I got with my freshman roommate and she helped me call 911. Because the pain was not going away, and mm-hmm. there was no way I was able to walk or get on a bus to the yeah to the hospital. And I think at this point, Uber was not a thing yet. Mm-hmm. Um, so they took. So I got to the emergency room, and what I had found out is that my scar tissue had wrapped around an intestine and blocked the intestine. Oh my god! So nothing was going through. Nothing was coming out. Um. So they took me upstairs. They shoved a tube up and up my nose, down my esophagus. Oh. Yes. Uh, and basically what they were doing is they pumped my stomach. There is nothing you can do really for uh, your scar tissue causing an intestinal block. Basically right. what has to happen is it has to alleviate on its own. Has to alleviate on its own? So I did not eat for a week. I couldn't eat. I couldn't drink water. So obviously. You couldn't drink water? I had, I had an IV in me hydrating me. But I had to take this little sponge and, like, suck the sponge to wet my mouth, basically. Yeah. I was so thirsty. I lost I lost five pounds, I think, in the week that I was there. I think it was I, – I think it was only five days. Um, but, yeah, they were – they were pumping my stomach, and it was – it was gross. It was, like, black. It sounds gross. It was – it was awful. Uh, but luckily the pain – I mean, luckily the uh, – the wrapping around did alleviate, but I have had close calls as of recently, actually. So back in November, uh, one morning I was at work and I had just this awful stomach pain. Mm-hmm. I went home and I lied in bed and it wasn't terrible enough that I was afraid that another intestinal block was happening. Right. But I was lying there and I was looking at my stomach and you could just see like this little ball form mm-hmm. and then go down. It was the weirdest experience. Oh, no. I could feel it. And I had something, I had a little, I had a ball form the other day. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually, I, I'm at a point of concern that another block could happen soon. Oh no. And I don't want that to happen because I really don't have time to go to the hospital. Um, but also too, see Another way you can treat it is you could you could surgically get the scar tissue removed, but that causes more scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So I'm back to square one. So this is something that I have to live with for the rest of my life. And then let's right. also talk about the side effects of treatment. Mm-hmm. So some people lose their hair. Luckily, luckily enough, I never lost my hair. But my hair did come back a different shade of color, um, and it came back more straight than it was wavy. Mm-hmm. My hair my hair was a little bit wavier when I was a kid, and it was very dark. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously you can't tell now cause I dye my hair, but guys, I'm naturally blonde. Um, <laughs> by the way, surprise. by the way, um, but I've, I've looked up side effects of the treatment that I had. So I actually have my paperwork from the hospital, my paperwork, 
Like this was before computers. Oh my gosh. Like yeah. I have a thick you folder. Have, you have thick folder. Which by the way, if anybody out there, if you are a doctor, if you are if you specialize in oncology, hit me up because there are some words in my file She's that got I don't questions. I have I have some questions. Uh but I have looked up some of the treatments and some of the side effects uh you know include heart heart issues. I could have some serious heart yeah. defects going on. Uh, other issues include sterilization um mm-hmm. or I could possibly go into menopause early. Yeah. Um just because of where they were treating me, mm-hmm. uh, just the area. Um and actually one of my side effects uh for the treatment that I was on um for the neuroblastoma, I know for sure because my mom's talked about it with me mm-hmm. before. It is specifically sterilization. So at this point in time, I'm not 100% sure if I can even have kids because of what has happened to me. Um, but it's not for sure. And people have been told before that they can't have kids. And yep. I have them. Um, I haven't been able to physically bring myself to go to, what what are they called? Um, you just need to go to a, for, a fertility a doctor. Fertility, yeah, Just because I am in my mid-20s. But I have I have thought about it because, you know, there there could be an issue where I have less eggs than I should. Right. Um, and, you know, there could be there could be a thing where I might try and go freeze my eggs. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess the first step would be bringing myself to go and find out. And that's a big part of it, too, is are those answers you want to know? Do you yeah. want to wait? And it's it's I, I think one day you will need to go and, and find out and figure it out. But. Yeah. Thankfully, you have something that probably a lot of other people don't, and that's time, because you were able to beat cancer and yes. you were able to get your life back. And, I am. Don't and, get me wrong. Right. I am. I am completely grateful. That There's just unfortunate things that have yes. come from it that I've had, people don't think about. Is yes. not. I had cancer. It's what happens next, and a yeah, lot of people so don't think about that next chapter. There are there are those after effects for a lot of people. Uh, for people who are older, they go through you know depression and such as that yep. as well. So I I really wish there was more of a conversation about these after effects. I don't think people realize just how much cancer will follow you throughout your time thankfully, throughout your time in life. Thankfully though as this as unfortunate as this disease is and how large it is in the world, there are a lot of support groups out there. There's a ton of support groups out there based on the type of cancers that you have. And if you are looking for those support groups, they are more than likely in your area or even at those hospitals. And there's people you can talk to that are going through with you or maybe cancer survivors that you can talk to that you can't talk with other people about Mm -hmm. because they can't relate. And you know what is wonderful is that there have been so many advancements in treatment in general. Mm -hmm. So many different. There's so many things you can do now. Oh, now you can get them move laparoscopically, which oh, can help so... eliminate a lot of that scar tissue. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's there's so many medical 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 medical, <laughs> medical advances now that I did not have when I went through it, which also makes me all the more thankful because I made it through with what we had at the time. Exactly, and that's a um, huge huge whew. deal. So yeah, just uh, it's a time. Uh, it's it's a time, uh, but I am very happy that I got to talk about this today because good there there could be listeners out there who are like me who had cancer when they were a kid or they had it when they were older or maybe um, going through it now or going through it now, um, and just if if you're out there whether you've gone through it whether you're going through it yep. I believe in you I believe I I I do I really give honestly, them that pep talk I coach. believe in you 
just stay positive, stay strong, but also, too, don't stop living your life. Exactly. If if you can keep living, keep live living that life. I said that in a really weird way that that left my mouth, but, like... I know what you mean. Don't you, let you, cancer, you know what I mean. Don't let cancer live your life. You go live your life. You, you go. You go and live your life. Kick its ass. And then also, too... Um, I'm also glad I got to talk about this because I want people to be more aware of getting themselves checked. People have this fear of always going and getting themselves checked. I mean, I've had it too where it's like, then I have to go and get the test and then I find out maybe it's on the answer that I want. But when it comes to your health, it is so important to know Mm -hmm. early on than later down the road when there's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. And And then I also wanted to talk about this as well because we could have listeners out there who have children. mm -hmm. Um that maybe they're not even thinking of this. Yep. They might I'm I know for a fact my parents were not thinking, "Oh, my daughter could have cancer." Right. Nobody thinks that about their young child. And no, especially I not want, when they're 4 years old. I want parents to just be a little bit more aware that it's shitty, but it could happen and it's not their fault. And it's 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 not your fault, but if you see anything weird, do not think you're being an overactive parent. Take take your kid in. Mm-hmm. I don't I don't know if there were any warning signs, and I don't think my parents even recall anything as yeah. well. My brother, you know, was hospitalized when he was a baby. Um, he actually had irregular heartbeats, and it was because he had holes in his heart. So not a cancer-related thing, but my parents noticed that his... Thankfully, because they were in the medical community, they noticed something. My mom was holding him up and was like, what's going on here? It was like right when he was born. And that's when the nurses and doctors had told them right away that he was born with eight holes in his heart. Eight? Eight holes in his heart. And they said because he was young, they could heal it by themselves, but they would have to watch him. And I mean, from when he was an infant till I think about four years old, he would have checkups um, every month to see where the holes were. And I think it was when he was two or three years old, he got hospitalized because he had a fever and it was because one of the holes grew a little bit larger. And had to be hospitalized for monitoring and stuff like that. But when you are a parent and you do see something irregular like that, it's so important to go get checked because you have no idea what it could be. It could be something small or unfortunately it could be something on this scale. And it's better to go and take care of it and Mm -hmm. catch it when you can and get an action plan. Yeah, I would say check yourself, guys. Just just be aware we we are not invincible. We we like to think that we are, but we're not. Um, but just, just get yourself checked. Take care of yourself. Take care of As yourself. As the MTA worker today on the train yes. told us, get rest. <laughs> get, get rest. Rest, get some rest, drink some water and stay positive, yes, you know, stay and, positive. and live your life in a really good way, but also take care of yourself. It is so mm-hmm. important. We've, we've had the self-care segment. We're going to be bringing it back soon. And it's important to recognize that self-care is so much more than one aspect. It's taking care of your mental health, taking care of your physical health, taking care of your friends and your family and being there and living your life. Yeah. Because Every every day that you have is a freaking gift. It's a freaking miracle that you opened your eyes in the morning yep. because there's someone out there who didn't get the chance to. So just live your life fully. Protect yourself. Um, love yourself. Watch your friends. Just just be aware. Be aware of all of it. Be aware and is be what, there. Be aware and be there. I like it. I like it. I love it. That's uh, some good content. 
<laughs> and on that note, I think we're ready to close this week's episode out. Yeah. Thanks again, guys, for tuning in. Uh, we're going to drop some more info in our bio about the live show on July 27th. And if you have any questions, please, please, please reach out to us at the Keeping It Together podcast at gmail.com or our Instagram, Keeping It Together podcast. Once again, our email is Keeping It Together podcast at gmail.com. And we're shoot us a dm on insta keeping it together podcast yes well thanks again guys for tuning in to episode 43 once again i am Alyssa. i'm sabrina and thanks for keeping it together with us this week and we'll see you back next week for episode 44 bye guys love you keeping it together i'm sure it's what it takes to survive